Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. I am particularly excited about this episode because I have a dear friend, an incredibly talented gentleman named Stefan Wiesenbach, and Stefan is going to share with us his newest creation, which has been <laughs> a long time in development, and it's an absolute passion that is really making a huge difference for a strategic coach. So part of what I really want to do in our Team Success podcast is share with you capabilities and ideas that can really help you move your company ahead. And with the Engagement Multiplier, which is Stefan's product, it is just profound in how it engages everyone in caring about the company and caring about their own role and what they can do more of and really getting people connected to what's most important. So Stefan, first of all, thank you very much for joining me today. Pleasure to be here. Great. So before I kind of jump into what the Engagement Multiplier is, which we're so excited about, which is completely mobile-friendly, completely automated, which is a huge accomplishment. But I want to talk a little bit about your background, because you've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs over the years. You're a very accomplished entrepreneur. You're an author, creator of multitude of different kinds of things. But engagement for you has really come to the forefront as being one of the most crucial issues and, frankly, problems facing organizations. So can you talk about how that awareness kind of came to be? Absolutely. So I've spent the last 25 years working with successful entrepreneurs and helping them to become more engaged with their own personal futures. Because when we're engaged as individuals, and this applies to everyone, it's not just entrepreneurs, and I define engaged as being present, focused, and energized, okay? When we're present, we're focused and we're energized, that's when the magic happens. That's when great things happen. And if we just sort of put some context around the word engagement, if you liken it to watching your favorite sport on television and your your team's playing and every time there's a pass or a fumble, you know, you're jumping out of your seat, you've got energy, you're passionate, you're probably thumping the table, you're screaming, you're shouting. And then there could be the same game playing another time on the television. This time it's not your team, okay? So you're drifting off, you maybe pick up the newspaper, read that a bit, and you maybe even fall asleep on the couch, right? And the difference is your level of engagement. It's the same game, it's just different teams. And in the first one, you're really engaged, you're present, you're focused, you're energized. And in the second one, you're not so engaged, you may even be napping. And when it comes to people and the way they live their lives, sometimes people are napping a bit, right? And so I noticed with the entrepreneurs that I was working with that they often were, well, they're all building successful businesses, but the crazy thing was that they wouldn't dream of running their business without a business plan or a project without a project plan. But the only written plan they had for themselves was normally a written plan for when they were dead, which was a will. So what we started doing 25 years ago is helping entrepreneurs to get more engaged with their personal futures and align their personal futures with what they were doing in their businesses. And then we realized that, look, it's not just the entrepreneurs that need this. It's everyone that works with the entrepreneurs, the team members. They should all be living the best life they can live and have a plan for whilst they're alive. And so we developed capabilities to help entrepreneurs help their teams to set and achieve goals and become more engaged. And we realize, and the the world has woken up to the power of engagement in the last five years, it's become a real hot topic. You know, the the number of searches online for engagement has jumped from circa sort of 10,000 or so a month, about 18 months ago, to now over a million a month. I mean, it's sort of like a real hot topic out there. And the reason being that People are realizing that when you're engaged and when businesses are engaged, that's when great things happen. And for business owners, if you own a business where 
the team members are engaged. It's a much better business. It's much more successful. It's much more fun. It's, there's more energy. You want to go to work. And for team members, if you have a choice between working for an organization where everyone's engaged, pulling together around a common purpose, or working for an organization where that's not the case, team members also want to be in an engaged organization. So what we've been doing over the last few years is building capabilities to enable businesses, team members, to both systematically and predictably measure engagement levels every 90 days, understand how the engagement levels can be improved, bringing it all down to one individual score and doing it in a way which is frankly engaging. It's very quick and it's easy to do. So that's a bit of a ramble, but does that answer the question? It totally does. And before I jump into more what you measure, because I think that's a huge part of it, what is the cost of people not being engaged. So it's obviously more fun and more attractive if you're engaged when you go to work or when you have engaged employees. But I presume that there's a cost when people are not engaged. So when people are napping, (laughs) I really like that analogy. So when people are napping, what happens? At an individual level or at a corporate level? Both. Company, yeah, Yeah. really both. I mean, businesses where engagement is low experience higher staff turnover. They end up having to constantly be recruiting because people are leaving because they're not engaged. They also experience higher levels of wastage. There's inefficiency. I mean, people just productivity is low, you know, so people are showing up for work, but they're really just they're there in person, but they're not actually really physically applying themselves. So you end up with huge amounts of waste. And I think the saddest thing for me is it's the sort of the lack of morale and the sort of the lack of energy that exists. You know when you walk into a business and it's an engaged environment because there's just a good energy and you want to be there. And similarly, if you walk into a business where the energy's bad, and this applies to all of us, and if we go into a particular shop and we're going to buy something and it's a disengaged environment, the staff just don't really want to be there, you can tell, you just feel it. So I think that's one of the sad things about having a lack of engagement is just how it sucks the energy out of the place. Look, if all of us typically go to work, we have careers, we have businesses, and given the choice between working in an environment that's energizing and one that's not, you want to be in an energizing environment. Well, and if I think about it, it's the bulk of our time that we're awake. Yeah. You know, it's it's spent at work. So we can choose to be somewhere disengaged all the time, or we can actually choose to be paying attention and alert. My other thought about it, because those are great costs to outline what's the cost of not being engaged, is also that as our world is increasing and expanding and, and speed of technology is increasing, as is, I think, the necessity for innovation, I think it's very difficult to have an innovative company if you've got a team that's disengaged. The creativity is not going to kick in. Yeah. So that's kind of dangerous to my mind. It's very dangerous. And people, employees that are switched off, team members that are switched off, they won't want to volunteer suggestions for how things can be improved. They won't want to contribute because they're not engaged. Mm-hmm. There's something else I'll weave my experience with Strategic Coach because I've helped talk to our team about what the engagement multiplier is and why we need to do it. And what I really discovered is that the people who are really, really aligned with our purpose and what we're up to and really see themselves fitting in, and even if someone has a capability that, well, put it this way, say that they're very talented people, but they know that their future is not with us, they've made some decisions to off-board themselves, if that's, if that's a term, which I find fascinating. It's just really clarified everyone's intentionality about how they show up every day at work, which I really appreciate. And it's been a gentle process. There's no mass exodus or firings or anything, but it's just raised everyone's 
consciousness level, really, about what's important to them for their own personal futures, as you talk about, but also is raised our awareness as a company. So what I love about it is anything that can increase our awareness and therefore our capability is a really powerful instrument. And that's really what I think you've created with the engagement multiplier. As I said, Strategic Coach has been doing it. We're our third report in at the point of recording this. And I find it really exciting because I see our team becoming more and more cohesive. I see the right people being on the bus, <laughs> to use the great term, by Jim Collins. And everyone's kind of going in the same direction. So there's just an energy. I mean, Strategic Coach is a very engaged environment to start with, but it's just gone up a bunch of notches, actually, which is pretty fabulous. I just want to let everyone know The reason why I am so excited about this is I've seen the difference. This is not a new thing. This is something we've been doing for a while. And to actually feel the effect and know that everyone around me is super engaged, I'm really engaged, is just a really powerful feeling. My future is now even bigger than it was before. So thank you for that. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to talk about the tool and how it works. But I want you to share, Stefan, with what exactly are you measuring? So what I like about the engagement multiplier is it measures five key aspects and then a a sub one as well. So can you talk about what exactly engagement is? Because engagement is a big topic. You could measure lots of different things. But you boiled it down to five, which is really simple. Yeah, and there's a lot of – with what we've done here, I mean this is an investment of exceeding now $10 million. So we've taken it very seriously and it's evolved over some time. And there are a lot of very good survey tools and products out there. But what we focused on is making sure that we address a number of the frustrations or issues that exist around surveys in particular, but which I'll come on to in just a moment. But in terms of engagement, so I said earlier that engagement is when we're present, we're focused and we're energized. Yet obviously if you sat down with different team members in an organization and asked them how engaged the business was or the owners were, they'd often give you different answers because they'd choose their own words. So one of the beauties of Engagement Multiplier is what we've done is we've created a scorecard and a matrix that provides four definitions of four states of engagement. So starting with dysfunctional, moving to fragmented, moving to successful, and moving to engaged. So there's four quadrants. And the great thing about this, and it's fun and it's easy, and it takes less than eight minutes every 90 days to participate in this, which is great because it's not a big time investment for the team members, is that it's a bit like pinning the tail on a donkey, right? So you just look at the category that you're scoring, and the categories are the engaged purpose, owners, leaders, employees, customers, and then the individuals also get to say how personally engaged they feel they've been in the last 90 days. Everything we do is confidential and anonymous because surveys, engagement surveys, whatever surveys... You want the truth and people need to feel safe. So we've got a really high level of encryption on the site and the data, everyone's data is protected and it is confidential and anonymous. And the great thing about that is is people then give honest feedback. So you have those categories and you have the four quadrants and people get to pin the tail on a donkey. They get to choose what statement most applies to each of the categories. Then we ask a couple of questions at the end. The first one says, what two actions could you take personally that would improve engagement that are not dependent on leadership involvement? And the second question says, what one action could leadership take to improve engagement? To my mind, an action that's not dependent on leadership involvement typically doesn't require a lot of time or a lot of work time and doesn't require a lot of money. And therefore, our view and our advice to our clients is if people are suggesting actions that they could take that aren't dependent on leadership, 
just let them have at it, right? Okay, just let them go and do these things. Empower them because human beings are wonderful things when you provide them with structure and framework, but then you give them freedom to operate within the boundaries. So the important thing here is that what happens and what we've seen, and it's one of the most energizing things for me when I when I'm looking at the results coming back from the many, many surveys that we're doing now, is just to see the incredible comments being suggested by the team members. And I, I've maintained for many, many years that you do not need an expensive consultant to come into your business and borrow your watch to tell you the time. The answers to improving your business and improving your engagement, they lay within the business already with the very people that are there doing the jobs day in, day out. Okay, They're the people that understand. Those are the people that know. And if you empower them to be able to, and you give them the freedom and within that structure and framework to be able to make suggestions and take action to improve engagement, then they do. The suggestions are fabulous. And most of the stuff's really simple, but it makes a really big difference. So we've created this simple scorecard. So it's all digitized. It takes less than typically about eight minutes every 90 days. I said I'd come back to sort of why a lot of surveys don't work. And the reason is that with a lot of and even engagement programs is that it's not a fair transaction. And what I mean by that is that the team member is asked to give more than they receive, okay? And that never works because eventually fatigue sets in and it sort of falls apart. So how do you make sure that the team members want to participate? Well, first of all, team members very quickly tend to grasp that working for an engaged organization is a lot better than working for an organization that's not engaged. So they see the personal payoff. But the way that you make it work is that you make it not take much of their time. You'd be respectful of their time. So this is really quick. Second thing you do is you share the results really quickly because one of the problems, and I'm sure that there's people listening to this that have done surveys in the past or been asked to complete large surveys or large feedback programs in businesses, they invest a lot of their time and energy and effort and then they don't hear anything, which is tragic. Or it takes a long time for the information to come back. And then when the information comes back, it's been so sort of adulterated and adapted that it just sort of it's lost the value. And so... The way our program works is that every single team member gets their own private personal dashboard, digital dashboard, and the minute the survey is closed, the results get released and every single team member can go in individually and they can see how the company scored against the various dimensions and how their personal scores compare to what the average of the company scores is. And they also get to see the actions that they suggested that they could take that weren't dependent on leadership. And there's some other resources there for them to help them with their own engagement journey. So there's an instant payoff. So they get respected for their time input. They get to see the impact. And then the way that you also make it worthwhile for team members is that you take action. So as the entrepreneur, as the business owner, when people have gone the extra mile and they've made suggestions and they've given feedback and they've helped score the business, you've got to take action, right? We say to our entrepreneurs and clients, we say, Play a game you can win, okay? So don't try and do everything at once, but pick two or three things every 90 days as a result of each survey. Pick two or three things that you're going to focus on. Go public with the team, tell the team what you're going to do, and everyone rallies around that. And the great thing about the way we've simplified this is that we bring everything down to one score. So the organization gets a score in terms of a number as to how engaged it is, and then the game becomes... 
let's try and move the score up. And what we've found is team members start to come together to play the game of trying to nudge the score up. And you get to score every 90 days and not every 90 days is going to be the perfect period. Sometimes things aren't going to turn out as you planned, but it's only 90 days. So if it didn't work really fabulously well, great, you get to go again. And it's a bit like with a strategic coach you know the impact filter you get to do an impact filter an experience transformer and off you go again so that's sort of a couple of key points around why surveys often don't work and how if you want people to be engaged you've got to act you've got to make it worth their while I'm curious as to I I know you were talking earlier about how excited you get by some of the comments and you can't wait to read that part of it which you're privy to so what are some of the suggestions and ideas that you've seen that just get like, wow, that's a great idea. I should share that with other people. Or what are some of the favorite ones that you've read so far? Well, it's interesting because they tend to see themes. But I mean, we've had people suggesting someone wanted to organize a team hike. I mean, it's, it's just simple stuff. More time out with the team, little things that could be done. They're often specific to a business, but it could be something like if we moved the door to the post room to here, it would improve efficiency. You know, things that quite often you get sort of practical suggestions on things that would just make work a little bit easier, a bit more enjoyable. And then you get just honest feedback around quite often communication is a big theme. It's interesting that most organizations, even though they think they're really good at it, quite often their team members' perception of communication doesn't match the owner's perception of how good the communication is. This is really easy to fix because when everyone tells you that there's a bit of a communication and they'd like more information, one of the things that we were working with a successful entrepreneur recently, this was one of the themes, he said, I would like you to help me design a communication program to improve the communication with my team. I said, you know what? I've got an even better idea. Because your team is so engaged because they're giving you all the feedback, get them together Tell them that communication has been identified as something they'd like more of and then ask them what's the information they'd like and in what format would they like it and then just do that, okay? (laughs) Because we don't need to sort of get caught up in complexity. And so I'm trying to think of specific examples to answer your question about sort of things that individual team members are suggesting. They do tend to be sort of a mixture of the practical and then new ideas on we could open an office here and that would help us or people suggesting perhaps in addition to a product line I've seen or things that they think could be done to improve the customer experience. And it's interesting because once you create a culture where that kind of feedback is embraced and it's acknowledged, it's a bit like lighting a fire. It gathers momentum and it grows and grows and grows. That's exciting. I love it. Well, I also like the ratio of two improvements that do not require leadership and then one that does so that you really are putting the onus. Our focus here is self-managing, being a self-managing and self-multiplying company. And you're actually putting the onus on the team then to really take ownership of engagement. It's not just someone else's on high, well, I don't like the engagement, so you fix it. No, it's like, what can be done? You put your own creativity and ownership into that. And I love the picture of lighting a fire with people's creativity for it. That's energetic right there in terms of how it feels and how stimulating it is. Just a few examples from Coach that I've been aware of. One of the things it pointed out, and this happens with companies that grow. So I know a lot of people listening have rapidly growing companies. And the core values, the purpose, why you're in business, the people you're serving is so clear to the founders and to the core team that started that they just forget that other people don't know what that is. (laughs) It's like, what do you mean? It's not obvious to you. It's not. 
it's intrinsic, but it's not extrinsic. It's not really clear to new people. So one of the requests from our team has been, um, what exactly is our purpose again? And it's kind of kind of funny, but that is so important. Like the salespeople have to know exactly who our market is. It's entrepreneurs, nobody else. Growth-oriented, ambitious entrepreneurs who want to grow while having great quality of life. If people don't know that, then there's a problem. But if we're not clear about it, we can just assume. Always a bad idea because – in grade five, you probably learned what that actually meant. Mm. <laughs> it caused you problems. That was kind of like, oh, that's a good point. We really need to do more of that. And other things like it really emphasized the need for our teams to get together. So we got refocused on our team events and share stories of really great things. The biggest thing that happened for us and actually came strictly out of the engagement multiplier is that we decided – we haven't done this since 2007. We flew our entire team in for our year-end company meeting. Our fiscal year-end is March 31st. So at the very end of the year, we flew our entire team in. And by the way, we're not a small team anymore. We have 110 team members from all over the world. So people flew in from Scotland. They flew in from Cape Breton. They flew in from New York. They flew in from California. They flew in from London, England, Manchester, you name it. And we flew everywhere. We had this really fun kind of outrageous bowling night afternoon the day before. And then we had our full-on company meeting. And I cannot tell you how refreshing it was to not have people on screens, to have our whole Chicago team there, which was fantastic, to not having have to say, oh, Chicago, oh, Manchester, oh, London, because normally we're feeding people in. The tech guys can never pay attention to the meeting because they're always trying to get the quality of the experience high. And it was just refreshing. People who've talked for years or emailed for years finally met each other face-to-face. And me, who's usually traveling a lot and on my floor, met a new hire who just started, Debbie, who's brilliant, by the way. Never would have spent time with her unless I was on the bowling team. Who knew that Peggy would get the highest score and owns her own bowling shoes? Just fun stuff that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't actually made that investment, which is really what it was. But our engagement scores keep going up. I know that you love seeing our scores. And there's actually a dual measure. We were talking about this earlier today. There's a dual measure of engagement. It's not only the score on the survey. It's the number of people who participate. So you've got two measures. The number of people who actually complete it. Our last one was 97%. Yes. Next quarter is hopefully 100. And there's some tricks to that too, like send reminder emails. It's not rocket science on that one. And then also the score has gone up too, which has been very gratifying. So Dan's next goal is (laughs) the 100%. So I think that's important too because whether or not people even choose to engage with engagement is another indicator. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. This is so exciting. So if people want to like see it, if they actually want to see the measures in the different categories, is there a way that they can go look at it? How could someone yeah, learn absolutely. more about this? I mean, so everything's, um, everything's online at engagementmultiplier.com. You can also request a demo by going to that site there, and we can actually demo the digital dashboards for you. If you go online to Engagement Multiplier, you can also take the survey and see what the survey looks like. There's also some resources at engagementmultiplier.com forward slash EO tools. So if you want to download a manual copy of the scorecard, there's that there and there's some other resources there. So if anyone's got any questions, we've got a fabulous team in Chicago. So I first started coming out to Chicago over 10 years ago to strategic coach. And it's funny how things change over time. This is my 53rd trip this time in a 10-year period. It's funny, you know, I joined Strategic Coach, a Brit traveling across the pond, and I now have a company in Chicago with a fabulous team, the Engagement Multiplier team, a 
as you would expect, very engaged. Um, <laughs> and so if you've got any questions, we've got a great team as well that can help. So uh, if you go to the website, it's very easy to reach us. Awesome. So a couple other questions I want to ask you. One is, if companies get more engaged, and I know, by the way, the audience for this is strictly entrepreneurial organizations, yes. right? Talk about why that's the case. Well, <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't want to offend anyone that's listening that works for a large corporate. Probably or very a, few, don't worry. Very we? few. Good. Okay. So here's the thing. I love entrepreneurs, and one of the reasons is that entrepreneurs are very much invested in a vision and purpose with a business. They tend to be in it for the long game, which is pretty reassuring for team members because, you know, in the big corporate world, people are just thinking about the next job. So they're working on their resume and they're thinking, well, okay, I'm only going to be here for a while. So you might have a CEO in place, but that CEO is probably thinking about where he's going to go, what's his next career move. So in sort of the non-entrepreneurial space, people are not as invested, okay? The other thing is that growth-oriented entrepreneurs take action, right? So I love the fact that they can turn on a dime. And this is really important because if you are asking your team for feedback every 90 days and you're going to get some incredible feedback and you're going to get some great suggestions and you're going to understand exactly where we make it really easy for you to see because it breaks down engagement by division, by department, by geographical location. You get to see exactly based on the digital dashboard where you should focus your energy and your efforts. The great thing about that is that entrepreneurs tend to very quickly take action, and you need to. Whereas in the big corporates, one of the reasons these engagement surveys often don't work is because they don't really share the results and they don't really take action and people just get fatigued and they think it's a waste of time. So it's really important to me, and I'm passionate about engagement, so it's really important to me that any company that becomes a customer of Engagement Multiplier that starts to use the program, I want them to get results, okay? So I don't want companies buying it that aren't going to use it properly. Our market is entrepreneurial businesses with identifiable ownership, okay, where the entrepreneur cares about their team, very important, cares about engagement, and is prepared to stay with it and take action. And I have to tell you also, it takes a little bit of bravery. And the reason it takes a bit of bravery is that your team members are going to tell you like it really is, okay? They're going to score you as the entrepreneur. You get scored every 90 days on how engaged you are. So if you're not engaged and you're not showing up, and that's not about being there all the time, it's like when you're there, are you engaged? Are you present? Are you focused? Are you energized? You're going to hear about it, okay? And if there's problems in your business, you're going to hear about them. But to my mind, ignorance has never been a strategy, so having that information is incredibly valuable, but you have to be prepared to take action. So not only is there a commitment required, there's courage. As there we is like, some as courage, we like to, yes. But out of that, as we talk about with our four Cs, you develop an amazing capability, which then raises not only your confidence, but the whole team's to go to higher levels of commitment and success. And there's no such thing as a bad score. I mean, we just have to get that out. There's no such thing as a bad score. There's a score, mm-hmm. okay? And the great thing about a score is it's the score, because people will be honest. And if the score's not perhaps where you'd like it to be, it's probably not where the team want it to be either, right? You're all in the same business. So rather than feeling that as a, it's a, I say to entrepreneurs, this is not an us and them situation, right? It's not a you and them. If it comes back and the score's lower than you'd like it to be, sit down and talk about it, because everyone wants the score to be higher because it will be beneficial for everyone if it's better. So that's great advice, which is basically don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. (laughs) Yeah. That would put you into a polarized situation with your team, which is not why you're doing this. But it does mean you have to be willing to face up that sometimes you'll get uncomfortable information or it may not be as perfect as you thought. In fact, I think Dan was telling me today about one entrepreneur who where he thought they were doing well, the team scored lower 
and where he thought they were lower, they scored higher. So it really does help to align the conversation, align the expectations, align the reality with what people are actually experiencing. One of the things that Dan said at that point today, which I thought was fascinating, he said this morning and then again in the workshop, he said, doing the engagement multiplier has made me a much better person. I was like, "Uh, can you explain that? (laughs) I thought you were pretty good already. He says, no, every time I walk into the office with the team, I know I'm going to be scored. So I show up in a particular way. I was like, that's kind of amazing, that amount of self-awareness. And it does kind of put you on notice to be your best self. You know, I'm a team leader. Same goes for me. And I keep refining myself and keep growing as a person so that I can be someone I'm proud of to be measured. I think that's kind of what it boils down to sometimes. And it's powerful. It gets you on the inside, not just on the outside. It's not just a surface level process that we're going through. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things I know you're also working on is a book, which I cannot wait to read. I love Stefan's books, by the way. (laughs) They're awesome. So much wisdom and so much information in a small space. So talk about the new book. Yes. It's called The Engaged Organization. Shocking. And um, funnily (laughs) enough, the subtitle is The Company You Dream About. And on the book cover, the word companies in italics um, called out. And there's a play on words here. And that is that... Yeah, I remember my mother told me when I was very young, it's something she sort of instilled in me is that we're defined by the company we keep, you know, and I've heard since in many sort of coaching scenarios, you know, you're the average of the 10 people you hang out with the most. So look, here we are all showing up in a business or in an organization day in, day out, week in, week out. The company that we keep is the people around us in the business. So an engaged organization is one type of company and a disengaged organization is another. And so the book's all about how you create an engaged organization. It focuses on the dimensions that I mentioned earlier and it will be out in just a few weeks. Yay. Okay, good. So if you can look it up on Amazon and grab a copy. And I know that you're also putting together a series of coaching modules, which I love. I got to see the preview of the first one. And the first one's about purpose, which is great. What I love is this is not only a measurement tool, although Whatever you measure improves, I think, is how the expression goes. So just by measuring it, it just raises the amount of attention and awareness that people have. And then they can, as you said, take action if they're the right type of person. But then you also offer your wisdom in terms of how people can improve their score, right? Absolutely. And that's also built into the platform. Part of the substantial investment we've made is in some complex algorithms that will actually provide to a business insight and guidance on how simple things they can do to raise engagement. We're producing a series of guides on how to create an engaged purpose, what it takes to be an engaged owner, what it takes to be an engaged leader, and what it takes to be an engaged employee, and and then how you engage customers. I don't want to place too much emphasis on the guides. The guides, they're very helpful, but I just want listeners to realize that actually you guys already have the answers, okay? And the reason that I'm so proud of this business and this product is that it unlocks the answers for you, okay? So you already have the capability within your organization to probably address what needs to be addressed. And what this tool does is it just unlocks what needs to be done and it shows you very clearly where you need to focus your efforts. And now we launched the business yesterday 
So launched the official. The testing phase has been going on. For yeah. A while. So yes. we so well we went live globally to market yesterday. Oh, I love being at the tipping point. This is good. <laughs> we prior to that have been working with a large number of businesses running the program and building the digital platform that means that any company anywhere in the world can literally just go to the site, sign up, get started, and then they're off. And now what that means, the reason I'm excited about this is that we're starting to already gather some tremendous insight, stories, learnings as more and more companies join Engagement Multiplier. And this is going to be a bit obvious to anyone listening, but we're starting to see trends. We're also getting fabulous unsolicited testimonials and feedback from customers and clients that have done things in their businesses that have had a transformational impact. And so what we're going to be doing over time is for all of the members of the Engagement Multiplier family, all the businesses that are on, we're going to be sharing that insight and wisdom across the community as well. So I think that's going to be very exciting as that grows over time. That is particularly exciting for me. I love community, especially, well, actually only with like-minded people, to be perfectly honest. But that's powerful because when you are part of a winning strategy and you have that capability and then you share the collective wisdom, then all of us get to grow even faster. You know, the results that Coach likes to focus on are faster, easier, bigger, cheaper, and better. And it sounds like not only does the tool help you do that, your team members help you do that, but then the community is going to do that as well. So that's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. One of my last questions was going to be, what do you see as the future? (laughs) Which you partially answered already. So as more and more people come on, ideally be a global movement, which I think is very exciting. What I get really excited about, and partly why I'm so thrilled to be able to interview you today, is because my passion, as you know, is unique ability to teamwork. And I want people doing what they love to do and what they're best at and collaboratively and creatively with other like-minded people to produce phenomenal results in the world profitably. This is a for-profit focus here. That to me is my ultimate. And I want Unique Ability Teamwork to be the new normal. If I have a big mission and purpose, it's that. And what I love about Engagement Multipliers, it just really dovetails for me. If I'm doing what I love to do and I'm what I'm best at, I am fully engaged. I am excited to be with other people who are also doing that. I can help other people figure out how they can best connect. And that's actually one of the neat byproducts within Strategic Coach is we've actually had people move positions, not leave, but they realized they weren't fully engaged in the position that they were in, and they've moved. In fact, one woman on our team, Jessica, moved from the workshop resource team, the admin team, to tech. She's now in tech support. Who knew? (laughs) But I love that. And this is a role that she's very excited about. She's doing a fabulous job and is just a much better fit for how she wants to contribute to both her future and to ours. So I love those byproducts. And again, to me, when a whole bunch of people are in the same conversation, they have a way to measure success. It's all great to have the idea, but unless you can put it into a practical application, one of the brilliant things about the tool, which I know you and Dan collaborated on as well, is that there's language to each of those four stages that you talk about, from dysfunctional to engaged. And you can actually really easily place yourself. Yep, I'm in this band, we're in this band, or that band. So it's easy to see where you're at, and there's words around it. And when you have that common language, then there's a framework that we can all play in. It's like a big sandbox, and we all know where the toys are. So I think that's – I don't know. I just see a huge amount of potential. So that's what I see, but I'd love to hear what your vision is if this – Fulfills your dreams. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I don't want listeners to think that I'm sat on a cloud getting a wet bottom, but um, because I I love seeing the impact. I mean, in fact, all of us at Engagement Multiplier, we just absolutely love seeing the impact that 
measuring and improving engagement has on businesses. So we exist to help businesses all over the world and help create engaged organisations. And we want 100 million people to become more engaged. And it's a big number, but we're very confident we can do it. Well, the way we, we intend to do it is by helping entrepreneurial business owners to, one at a time, start measuring and scoring engagement every 90 days and helping their teams to become more engaged and building engaged organisations. And so I see a bit of a movement here developing because I absolutely am confident that the performance of the businesses that are on the programme, that are measuring and scoring engagement every 90 days, that are sharing that common language, I know that it's going to be entirely different to the performances of businesses that are not doing what we do. And so you're going to create a community of and a movement of organisations that can share wisdom, share insight. There's all kinds of things we plan to do in the future in terms of connecting engaged organisations in different countries and just generally focusing on improving engagement. I love it because I can imagine a community of people, all of whom have an unfair advantage (laughs) because they're more engaged. Just one other last question that keeps popping in my head. So you've talked a little bit about some specific examples, but I'd love to know, overall, have you seen engagement scores go up as people are measuring it? You've had some road underneath your feet now with the initial people. So what has been the impact of measuring the engagement? Well, 92% of businesses that we survey see an increase in engagement between the first and second surveys. And we see a very similar percentage see an increase in engagement between the second and the third surveys. So the impact is that, let's be candid here, if you measure engagement every 90 days and you talk about engagement and so everyone's suddenly focused on engagement, I'm going to say this, I'm the founder, I'm the passionate founder of Engagement Model, the product's fantastic, but even if you didn't use the product and you just measured engagement every 90 days and you spoke about it regularly, engagement levels would rise because... If you're in a business that's not doing that right now, just the act of doing that Mm -hmm. every 90 days. And in fact, people that purchase my book don't have to buy the program. We give you the scorecard and you can go and download the scorecard at engagementmultiplier.com forward slash EO tools. And you can run this manually if you wish. You don't have to use the program. The program just makes it super easy and takes out a lot of the legwork. So just the very act of measuring engagement every 90 days tends to mean that the score goes up. So our experience is that scores are going up and I think they'll continue to go up. It's going to be interesting because once organisations and the goal that we suggest is that each organisation wants to get themselves into the final quadrant in all of the key areas. Which uh, is the engaged quadrant. Is engaged quadrant, okay. That doesn't mean you're going to be at 100% all the time. It just means get into the and stay in there and then you have a game-changing business. I mean the business when everything is in that zone, incredible. We are launching some additional modules later on in the year for companies that have qualified to get to that status. One of the modules that we're going to be launching is a customer module. So we're not going to let any clients have access to this until they've managed to get to engage status because I think it's dangerous. So first of all, you have to make sure that as a business, you look internally and you make sure internally that you fix yourself from the inside out. And that starts from the top down, incidentally, with the owner. And having a purpose and sharing that purpose and getting the leaders engaged with the purpose and the leaders getting the team members engaged and helping the team members to understand how they fit in to achieving the purpose. And then once you're in that great spot of scoring engaged in those key areas, purpose owners, leaders and employees, 
or team members, what you can then do is we'll allow you to then go out to the market and this, what we'll be able to do is have your best customers give honest, confidential feedback on your business, which I'm really excited about. I've been doing some work on that particular module over the last couple of weeks. And I think for businesses that are already engaged, oh, I know for businesses that are already engaged, this is going to be a bit of a multiplier as well, because when you're an engaged organization, you're an engaged organization, your customers become a self-multiplying resource because they are out there getting more customers for you. And, you know, we get the better referrals, even it's not just customers, you know, your accounting firm, your PR agency, the media, people that you deal with, they want to deal with your business because the business feels engaged. And so... When you are in a position where you can actually go out to your best customers and you can start getting their feedback, that's also going to have a multiplier effect. I love that. That's a strategic partnership in my vernacular, in my way of thinking. So that's extremely powerful. And just if you have the same effect as you talked about, but just by measuring it and having that conversation, it will automatically expand. I mean, that's called revenue and profit, <laughs> two of my favorite words. So that's really powerful. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Oh, is, does Strategic Coach qualify yet? That's what, <laughs> that's what I want to know. I think we do. Good, yeah. So that's fabulous. And I like what you said, too, about really focusing in, fixing yourself from the inside first. And when you've got your act together, the thing that I'm really clear on with our team is that we're all rowing together. There's no friction, not none, but very little. It's definitely gone down. Very little friction, very little drag, nothing going against what we're trying to do. No passive-aggressive eye rolls or eh, faces and things like that. People are engaged. There's so much energy you don't have to expend on defense, on just ignoring people who are clearly grumpy, you know, things like that. You just all know you're there for a, a very common purpose. And there's, there's something just very freeing and energizing about that process. And that then turns into increased retention, more customers, more profit, more revenue, again, my favorite words, and improved morale to talk about something that's important to you. And that's just, I mean, it's powerful. Mm. But going back to, you don't have to use the tool. You could do it by paper. That's the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) We're a big fan, as everyone at Coach knows, of really good tools. And if it's not your unique ability to administer surveys, which unless you're a survey company, it's probably not, it kind of makes sense to have the fabulous, thought-through, tested, creative tool that you've created. Delegate that would be my advice to anyone who's thinking about doing this. I mean, if you've got one person, okay, maybe that makes sense. But actually, on that point, is there a minimum size of company that it makes sense to do this with? We start at 10 employees, so companies with 10 employees. Minimum number of licenses, I should say, is 10. Okay? Right. And then it goes up from there. And our focus really is on businesses that have between 10 and 500 employees or 10 and 500 people within the organization. So a minimum number of licenses is 10. We do have some clients on the program who've got seven or eight or nine team members. That's okay. They just Minimum size is 10, but they join it. They use seven of those for now and then pretty quickly because they're engaged, they're expanding, they're going to use the other two licenses. So much less than 10, then you still focus on it, but a digital platform probably isn't right for you and you won't get the value that a company that, that's bigger that would get. So in that case, you know, if you're listening to this and your your organization is only sort of two or three people at the moment, then great, get the scorecard, use the scorecard. It's slightly different. And the book, in fact, covers exactly how to do this. 
but this is done because there's only a small number of people. It's done in a much more sort of roundtable fashion, and you'll still get some tremendous conversation and some tremendous value that will enable you to improve engagement and put foundations in. So if you do choose to grow the business, expand the business, you'll have the right foundations in place from the start. I love that. We also have some clients with much more than 500 employees. What about companies with more than 500 people? What do they do? They do exactly the same as companies that are less than 500. I mean, we the way the program is now built, because everything's digital, it's very easy to manage regardless of company size. The reason I said that, we took our focus is on businesses with 10 to 500 employees. That's where the majority of our customers fall. Although I was talking to a prospective client today and strategic coach who's got 7,500 employees, more team members. And so these people are spread across lots of different locations in different states. And Engagement Multiplier will be fabulous for them because what they'll be able to do is they'll be able to compare engagement across see how engagement differs between geographical location, between type of business area. And so there's absolutely no problem with larger organizations. The important thing for me is it's not about the number of team members. It's the fact that there's identifiable ownership. They care about engagement. They're brave. They're going to take action. And they have the capability within their organization to follow through. So as the organization gets larger, so if you have an organization with over 500 employees, then one of the things that we would be keen to work with the entrepreneur to understand is that they have the structure in place to be able to share the load out. Because when you have 500 people making two suggestions every 90 days and they're prepared to take action and raise engagement levels, you just want to be able to harness that and use it properly. It's very simple to do, but you just need to make sure you've got the structure in place. Brilliant. Love it. So my recommendation for anyone who cares about this, who thinks engagement is not only a nice to do, but a strategic to do, which it definitely is in my books. What I really like too is the investment is very reasonable on a per employee basis. So what is the price of it at the moment? It's $200 per license per annum. So if you have 15 employees, it's 15 times 200, which is $3,000. Which I think is incredibly low investment for the return that you're going to get. I mean, if you think about the new business you have to bring in to cover that cost, it's minimal for most of us. So that seems very reasonable. So thanks for creating such a reasonable, accessible tool. I know the investment you've put into it, not only money, but also creativity, investment, and time, and travel, and blood, sweat, and tears, I'm sure. 53 trips, that's incredible. It's kind of amazing. So thank you for creating that. I know that we've used it with great success. Our team loves it. It's spurred a ton of great conversation. I love the impact it's had with Dan, with Babs, with our leadership team, with the people who've decided to stay, with the people who've decided to make a change for whatever reason. To me, it's the rising tide that floats all boats. That's really what it is. So it's one of those things that because it's so systemic, it has a beneficial impact on everything. Almost people, I think, will have a hard time isolating exactly what, but there's just a whole bunch of actions that get taken. People have this freedom to do things that they think would make an improvement. And then they are, just by being asked, are definitely more engaged. So it's a great journey as far as I'm concerned. So I'm very appreciative. And I'm certainly hoping that anyone who's interested jumps in the boat fast so they can take advantage of it and get to use the new electronic toy. I think that's super fun. So Stefan, can you just give the address once again if people want to go and check it out? Certainly. So it's engagementmultiplier.com. If you're listening to this podcast and want to take action, then when you go to engagementmultiplier.com, can you put the code 
coach in the box. Ooh, they get some goodies. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So that way they'll know exactly Exactly. uh, how to find you. So, Stefan, thank you for your time. Thank you for just what you've put together. I know it's made my environment that I'm in every day better. So for that, I'm very grateful. And because I'm so passionate about entrepreneurial companies and better teamwork and everything that we've talked about, I'm thrilled with the impacts that I think you're going to have. And I know you're already having on some of my clients and people that I impact. So for that, I thank you. And I'm excited to hear about future success stories. I think I'll have you back. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk about my baby and (laughs) talk about engagement. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks very much. Congratulations. Hi, Shannon here. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success podcast on iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach program for entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com.